0: Amen. Thank you, Gary. Team you can be seated as the kids make their way downstairs. How many of you have already bought your turkey? All right. There's going to be a run on turkeys in the next few days, clearly. Kim and I went grocery shopping. Uh, She got off work. Uh, Gosh, when was it, honey? Uh, Thursday night. Went grocery shopping. Uh, The kids, you know, are coming in from college, piling in the house. And, and, you know, we were kind of down low we don't carry a lot of inventory for just the two of us so uh we went to the grocery store and uh honestly for to have these guys home for a week we had to pull a second mortgage on the house you know i could not believe that one grocery buggy there could you couldn't have put one more thing in it granted it could cost that much money it's uh, it's amazing but you're worth it caleb every penny yeah, and he's already eaten three quarters of it. So, uh, oh boy! Um, speaking of money, over the past few weeks, uh, we have been focused here at Tapestry on handling our money and handling our material possessions God's way. Uh, we're going to continue that theme uh, this morning on this Sunday before Thanksgiving, but we're going to we're going to tilt the theme, uh, if you will uh towards thanksgiving with a message entitled grateful generosity grateful generosity let me ask you something i mean this is just spontaneous when i say this word what comes to your mind i want you to shout it out are you ready okay thanksgiving family turkey beat dinner yeah what else thanksgiving somebody said yeah that's a spiritual answer. Somebody just came from Sunday school. Yeah. Football? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Detroit Lions, Dallas Cowboys. That was always kind of the game when, when I was growing up. Um, Black Friday. You know, all that. When we say Thanksgiving today, those are the things that we immediately think about. Um, in our culture today, honestly, that's what Thanksgiving has become. And so every year uh, around our table, uh, for years now around our table on Thanksgiving Day, we try to combat uh, that cultural understanding of Thanksgiving to a degree, if you will. And we do that by passing, and some of you have heard me share this over the years, we pass in our home what is called the bean candle, okay, around the Thanksgiving Table. We pass the bean candle. Uh, we light the candle and we pass it to each person at the table. If you're wondering what the bean candle is, when Rachel was in, this is my daughter Rachel, holding the bean candle at our Thanksgiving table a couple of years ago. Uh, well, how old was she when she made that? You... First, grade. first grade. Okay. They had a little project at Thanksgiving in first grade. It's glue and beans, right? And you can put it in this little mold. Put the candle in it, and uh, and that's the bean candle. So ever since Rachel was in the first grade, we've had this tradition around our Thanksgiving table where we'll light what we call the bean candle or the thankful candle, and we'll pass it to each person around the table. And every one of us has to say what we're thankful for For this past year. And honestly it is a special time. Because I don't know about your family. But normally when we sit down to eat together. That's not the first thing that we're doing. You know. We'll say thank you God for our food. But to reflect on God's blessings. And and what we're thankful for. Not just a regular integral part. Of what we do around the table. And so it's always a special. Special thing. And uh, it's a simple tradition. Honestly that just keeps us focused. On. What matters most and and for the last 13 years, uh, my mom has had lived with us, as most of you know, and uh, she would uh, join us for Thanksgiving uh, dinner. And around the table we would light the candle, and i, I you, all of you know, you know, I, I cry very easily. Um, you've seen me do it a thousand times up here. Well, I come by it honestly. It's a gift that my mother gave me. And so, me, ma uh, around the table every Thanksgiving, she would have to go last because from the very beginning, when you would somebody, Caleb, or Rachel would start to think, she would just be in tears, and I mean, unrecoverable. You know what I mean? Just, just it, it just touched her heart so much, and then. She'd finally, we would go around the table. She would recover to a certain degree, and then it would be her turn. And then just incoherently, she would say something through the tears and not be able to get it out, and then she would just be finished, you know. But, I mean, just just a beautiful, beautiful thing. But just so thankful, you know, at 80, 82 years old, uh, just with her family around the table and, and going through this. it You could tell it meant so much. To her, and and it would just uh, affect her, you know, on a heart level, uh, tremendous. This year, uh, we will set her place at the table, and be reminded that the blessings that God gives us, the most important things that God pours into our lives. Are not material possessions. They're not the tangible things. They are the spiritual blessings that he has given to us and gifted to us through and by his grace in Christ Jesus. Eternal blessings. Thankful that we'll see her again. And for the gifts that she's given us. And so this year, I know some of you have lost loved ones, parents close to you this year. Boy, I challenge you to do something special like that. Just to acknowledge the blessing of God and the fact that Thanksgiving rises out of not what we can carry, not what we have, but who we are in Christ Jesus you know, as you thumb through the, the Psalms and you thumb through the Old Testament, you quickly discover that Thanksgiving in the Hebrew context was not just a Thursday in November. Thanksgiving to the people of God in the Old Testament was an integral part of life. It was, it was woven into their worship Experience and their daily experience. In Hebrew worship, thanks always preceded giving. You hear me? If you go back and you thumb through the Psalms and you look, even in Leviticus, when these things were being initiated and and God was putting these things into place, thanks always preceded giving, praise always preceded the offering. Because in God's economy, giving rises out of a thankful heart. Giving rises out of a thankful heart. Thankful people are generous people. I have never met a person that I would describe as thankful, clearly thankful, that was not generous. Giving rises out of a thankful heart. And as, as the people of God would enter the temple, the, 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 the psalm says this. David wrote this. He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise and give thanks to him and praise his name. In other words, they showed up rejoicing. And how do you show up for church? Do you calibrate yourself do you do you do you adjust if you will even in the parking lot out here before you get out of your car just take a moment and say god i'm i'm here today for a purpose i'm here today for a reason i'm here lord to thank you i'm here to express your worth i'm here to praise you lord help me to have that mind and that heart as i enter these gates You know, if we would pause to do that, and I'm sure some of you do, it would transform our worship and our understanding and our reminder of why we're here and why we gathered. They showed up rejoicing, counting their blessings. In King David's time, and and David wrote many of these psalms, when the Hebrews would enter into worship, there was immediately a call by the priest to give thanks and to give praise. We find it 24 times in the Psalms. We know it today as a very familiar word, and that word is hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah was a call for the people of God to offer spontaneous shouts of joy for what they had received and enjoyed from God's hand. And so they would enter the place of worship and the priest would say, Hallelujah. And shouts of thanksgiving would begin to fill the air in the temple. There's an idea for your thanksgiving table. Everybody sits down. The person at the head of the table immediately shouts, Hallelujah! And then everybody around the table begins to shout back what they're thankful for out loud. That will surprise some of your relatives. Hallelujah is a compound Hebrew word for those of you who are not familiar uh, with that. It's one of the few years ago I studied Hebrew for like three years um, in, in the early part of my education for ministry. And I loved it, uh, but it it was a challenge for me. But there are several words that are just so beautiful uh, in in, in the language uh, that that I've retained, and certainly this is one of them. When you understand that hallelujah is a compound Hebrew word, hallel means praise, the end of hallelujah uh, literally stands for Yahweh, So hallelujah means praise Yahweh, praise the Lord. And so when we say hallelujah, we're literally praising God the Father. Praise and thanksgiving for the Hebrew was a necessary condition of life. Think about that. As you read the Psalms, as you read through the Levitical law, Praise and thanksgiving was written into it. It was written into life. Not to praise God, for the Hebrew, was not to be thankful. And it meant not to be alive, literally. To be thankless was to not have breath. If they weren't thanking God, it meant that they weren't enjoying His benefits and that God was not active in their lives. I think the same is true for us today. Thankfulness, gratitude is an indication that God is active and present in our lives. But if you don't already have a tradition created around your Thanksgiving table that gives God the glory and and fosters generosity, let me encourage you to do that. You know, I don't even remember the genesis of the, uh, the bean candle in our house, but it just took hold. And it is such a rich and simple tradition in our home, and will continue to be um, as, long as, as long as we're there. So let me encourage you, uh, if you don't have something like that, put, put something like that in place, it, it, even something extremely simple. How many of you do something of that nature on Thanksgiving around the table? Yeah, a lot of you. Yeah, let me encourage you to do that. It just brings your focus uh, to, you know, hallelujah. Praise Yahweh. Praise God for all that he's poured into our lives. The offering of praise, as it's known in the Old Testament, was established in the Levitical law in Leviticus where God uh, dictated what worship would look like uh, for the priest and for, for the entire arena there. According to the law, if an individual received a benefit from God or just wanted to give thanks to God, it had to be accompanied by a sacrifice. It had to be accompanied by an offering. It had to be accompanied by giving something back to God. So every thank you God had to be accompanied by giving to God. Thanks giving. And in the Hebrew mindset it should cost us something to give thanks. Because generosity is the sign of true gratitude. Gratitude. That principle carries over into the New Testament, to the Christian context. Where sacrificing for and giving to God and others is the evidence of true thankfulness. It's literally the fruit of our salvation. Hebrews thirteen fifteen, the writer says this. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that confess His name. Thank you, Father. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Thankfulness was woven into the Hebrew culture because praise was the public expression of loyalty to the Lord and to His covenant. It wasn't about what they had or just the good things that came their way. It was about God's character. The goodness of God. The unchanging nature of God. It was about God's faithfulness in the good times and in the bad times. That's why they praised and that's why they gave. Gratitude was the fuel and the foundation for their giving. Let me ask you something this morning. What motivates you to give? What motivates you to give to the Lord, to the Lord's work, to give to others who are in need? What is the foundation that fuels your giving? Scripturally, it's gratitude. Thankfulness for all that God has given to us. You know, unfortunately today, as you look around, it's as though we live in a thankless culture. A culture that's lost the discipline of gratitude, lost the discipline of thankfulness. The tendency today is to lay claim to and take credit for the good things that come our way. We live in an environment of entitlement. The sense that what we have, we somehow deserve. Our possessions, our professions, our health, our wealth, our time our talent our jobs our friends our family we're a people bathed in blessing and yet so many take those blessings for granted i share this quote a lot because it's it's so meaningful and poignant to me it's a quote by emerson that speaks to to this sense of of taking God's blessings for granted. Emerson said this, he said, if the stars came out only once a year, everybody would stay up all night to behold them. We've seen the stars so often that we don't bother to look at them anymore. Every time I see that quote, I ask myself, Phil, when's the last time you stepped outside and marveled at the night sky? When's the last time, Phil, you just looked up and said, God, you are amazing. I thank you, Lord, that you created all this. You flung these stars into the sky. And Lord, yet you thought enough about me, even in my mother's womb, to give me a purpose and to create a plan for my life. God, thank you for the richness of, Of the blessings that you pour into my life. When's the last time you just marveled. At the night sky. When's the last time you just sat down. Turned everything off. Left the phone in another room. And just thought about. How blessed you are. And how much God has given to you. Not just materially. Certainly we are. Blessed beyond. Ninety-eight percent of people in this world, in this community. But all that God has given to us in Christ, the spiritual blessings that He pours into our life. Forgiveness, the grace that covers our sins, an eternity spent with Him. Bodies that are renewed and restored and that aren't falling apart anymore. Amen? Amen? No more sin, no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. The old will be passed away and the new will come. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In God's economy, blessing is not to be taken for granted. In uh, Luke chapter 12, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me there. Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 13, Jesus tells uh, a parable. We've already uh, shared in this series uh, the, the, the the story of the rich young ruler um, who, who walked away from Jesus sad. His face fell when Jesus told him that all he had to do to inherit eternal life was to to sell all of his possessions and and give them to the poor. Here he tells a parable about a rich fool. And Jesus says this. He says someone or or the Luke tells us this he says someone in the crowd said to Jesus, "Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Okay, I want some of that. I want some of what he's got." So we see this 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 greed begin to creep in and Jesus replied, Man, who appointed you, who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you two? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. He said, The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop, wealth and blessing. He thought to himself, What should I do? I have no place to store all of this blessing. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down what I have, the barns that I have, and I'll build bigger barns. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Oftentimes that is the goal of retirement, to be honest with you, in our culture. That's the definition of it. And that's what we do. We try to store up as much as we possibly can so that we'll have it for ourselves so that we can eat, drink, and be merry in the years to come. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be, Jesus said, with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. He doesn't say, don't plan, don't store away, don't gather these things. He says, when you do it, keep it in perspective. And first and foremost, make your priority to be rich toward God. To give God the glory. And to consistently be looking to God for how He would have you invest your wealth in His kingdom. You can't take it with you. But you can be thankful and give and be rich toward God. Paul told Timothy this. He said, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth God's way of handling our material possessions and our money, being rich toward Him, and gratitude for God's goodness and grace manifests itself in being rich toward God. It manifests itself in being generous and being willing to share with others and move God's kingdom forward. How many of you have heard of Giving Tuesday? It's kind of a new thing um, that's recently kind of come out and you know online and what have you. Probably in the past, I don't know, four or five years. Uh, but Giving Tuesday is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. It's a cultural thing. Um, but what I thought we would do this year is give you an opportunity to to give to be rich toward God on Giving Tuesday or certainly any time around that. Uh, And so what we're going to encourage you to do, I think Teresa sent an email out last week, Uh, we're we're trying to get Bibles for every home in our partner community in Guatemala, in Vista Hermosa, Hermosa. And and we want to encourage you, we're asking every family to give $50 or whatever would be reasonable for your budget, toured Bibles for Vista Hermosa. Uh, that whole thing will be folded into the Joy Exchange Sunday that Stephen has talked about uh, earlier. And uh, just, just an opportunity once again to get God's Word, God's blessing into the hands of those who may not have ever had a Bible of their own. And so we're going to be getting Spanish-speaking Bibles through this effort. And so as you see this Giving Tuesday, you'll see it. It's going to come at you in full force in the next couple days. As you see that, uh, we're going to send another uh, email out to you. And if God so leads, let me encourage you to take advantage of that Giving Tuesday. And wherever else you're giving, give toward getting the word out to our families in Vista Hermosa. Um, Warren Wearsby uh, said it this way concerning the opposite of, of being generous. He said, One of the evidences that we have grown accustomed to our blessings is a spirit of criticism and complaining. He said, Instead of thanking God for what we have, we complain about it and tell Him we wish we had something else. The grass is always greener. He said, You can be sure that if God did give us what we asked for, we would eventually complain about that. The person who has gotten accustomed To his blessing. Can never. Be satisfied. Amen. That's our culture today. And that's us. If we're not careful. This Thursday. Thanksgiving day. Around our table. We'll have an empty chair. We'll have a tangible. Reminder. Of what. Matters most. God's grace, God's gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. And I just want to challenge you this Thanksgiving to be truly thankful and to be rich toward God. Turn your attention to the screen.